Oh, so reaching out to pastors and people who are in hard areas. Before I come to God's word, I've got a special relationship with Nairet. Nairet introduced us to this university some years back. When Nathan Yego was the chairman is when we came here with another brother from America called Chad Carlson. And uh, it's a joy since we came to Nairet those early years. And uh, the Lord has used this ministry in a great way. I remember we, they were supposed to do, must have been a play on God who is the just and the justifier. Uh, some years back. And uh, even I went there, only that it was postponed due to riot. Uh, there were some, some, some riots. And so due to that, it was cancelled. So I've got uh, great respect for this team. And uh, I really thank God for you people. I came here, you know, I'm one, one of the people who promote hymns. And coming here, finding you singing hymns. Don't know how encouraged I am. Even we have been talking with my dear brother here and others about uh, hymns. You know, all churches used to hymn, sing hymns. All churches, be it for those early years when I was young, I was a member of a little sect called Roho, the one with the cross, remember? So I was a member of that sect. But before they go to the extreme, we were singing hymns, Rock of Ages, that one I know of him. As a young boy, we used to sing it. Yes, so in Misangona, in Itokum, Richona, Pigrema Manochuero, Aingeti Calvary. So we used to sing them. Yeah. But you know, then we left the singing of hymns, and you remember, praise and worship, they came. They came, I think, must be 80s here from America. And so then we have what we have today. So when you tell people that we used to sing this, they don't hear. So when I heard the hymn, Already, my heart is warmed, and and and, and remind me those old days, and, and knowing that you speak those truth in a poetical way. Okay, let me come to a bit of introduction. As you have seen, respectable scene in the church. Still, people think that there's some scene that are not dangerous. There's something scenes that cannot cause damage to our souls. There are some scenes that we may not need to kill or fight against. And, and, and so we take them lightly. We take them lightly. We think that uh, when compared to other people, we have got a certain standard. Ours look better than, uh, than others. So it, it's just the phonography. I just watched. I did not do the act, the very act. It was just uh, watching it. And I know that the act is not there. And you think that, okay, this is something that is not bad as others. And uh, that's a danger, a danger that we have. And so uh, there are several passages that deal with this subject. I'll quote them. But I decided to take up the book of Colossians, chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3 and uh, I want us to read there and we shall see some of those scenes sometimes we refer to as notable uh, respectable 
Oh, and, uh, and, and you can see it is written to the church. The letter is written to the church. And you see here, the Bible says, let me begin from verse 1. If you then be risen with Christ, seek things which are above, where Christ seated at the right hand of God. Set your affection on the things above, not on the things on the earth. For you are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ, who is, your, is your, our life, shall appear, then we shall also appear with him in glory. Verse 5. Mortify, therefore, the members which are upon the earth, fornication, uncleanness, idoninate, affection, evil, concupiscence, covetousness, which is adultery, for which things sake the wrath of God cometh on the children of disobedience. In that which you also walk sometime when you lived in them, but now also put off all these anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication out of your mouth. Lie not one to, an one to another, seeing that you are put off the old man with his, his deed and have put on the new man which is renewed in the knowledge and after the image of him that created him. Wherefore, where there is no neither Greek nor Jew, circumcision nor a circumcision, barbarians or synethian, bond nor free, but Christ is all and all. Then verse 12, put on therefore as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercy, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing with one another, forgiving one another. If a man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ had forgave you, so also forgive. And above all these things, put on charity, which is the bound of the perfection. Let me just pause there as we look at those verses. Let us pray. Awesome Father, we come before you who inhabit the heavens and eternity and inhabit the earth. It is full of your glory and honor. We come, O oh Lord, that you teach us from your word and that we may receive your word as your word. May it come with power, a demonstration of God the Holy Spirit in our hearts and in our lives. In Christ Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Apostle Paul is writing to the church in Colossians. He writes to them. And he is telling them they have been raised with Christ. That's very important. They have been raised with Christ. In other words, they are new creation. In other words, they have experienced a new birth. And they have been raised with Christ. So they need to seek things which are above where the Lord Jesus Christ is seated at the right hand of God. And dear friends, this is where we come as we deal with those respectful sins. We must know that we are changed. We are changed. 
We are not perfect, yes. But there's a change that has taken place in our lives. And we need to be growing in that change that has taken place in our lives. We have been raised together with the Lord Jesus Christ, who is now seated at the right hand of God. And therefore, we need to seek, to pursue, to run after things that are above. They'll be mentioned later on. Those things that are above, you will see them later on, forgiving one another, loving one another. Basically, those are the things that we will see will be telling us to run after and to pursue and to seek those things. So, we have been raised with the Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord is seated at the right hand of God. We need to pursue things which are above. Set your affection on the things above. Not the earthly things. And those things we call respectable things, they are earthly things. They are the earthly things. They'll be mentioned soon. They are earthly things. We, we don't need to put our affection on them and pursue them and live for them. No. Saying our affection ought not to be there, things that are, are earthly. And he tells them, remind them, you are dead to them. You are dead to them. Your life is hid. In God, in Christ, in God. You are dead. If you bury me today and tomorrow you meet me in the world, you'll run away. And sometimes Christians will behave that way. We say, hallelujah. Oh, yes, sir. If you were son, then we live like the life we were living yesterday before the Lord transformed and changed our lives. We are dead. They say that uh, that caterpillar do change into a beautiful butterfly. And that's the, 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 the picture we are given. The picture which we are given is that the Lord Jesus Christ is changing us. We are dead. Apostle Paul will say, I have been crucified with Christ. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live is by faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, who loved me and who gave himself for me. You say, Paul, huh? What Paul, Paul is saying, I live and I don't live. And you know, the cross did not spare the enemy. They made sure that you are dead, even our beloved Lord. They pierced his ribs. And water mixed with blood came out, symbolizing that was his dead. And Apostle Paul said, I've been crucified with Christ. I've experienced that death with Christ. I no longer live, but Christ living. The life I live now it is by faith in the Son of God who loved me and who gave himself to me. And then he'll say again, May I never boast, that's to Galatians 6 from 14. May I never boast except in the cross of Christ through which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. He's saying the cross of Christ has crucified the world. I'm a fruit of the gospel. I am a man who is changed. I am what I am today because of that cross of Christ. And that's where my glory is. And so, dear friends, I was set here. We are set to what I want to mention here. The when we are saved, we call that doctrine justification by faith. We do nothing, nothing to be justified or to be made right with God. Nothing. As we sang it, nothing in my hand I bring. Simply to thy cross I cling. Naked come to thee for dress. 
helpless, look to thee for grace. Foul eye to the fountain fly, wash me, Savior, or I die. We bring nothing in justification. We put our trust in God and we are declared righteous. We are declared righteous not because of anything we do. And then there is a word we call sanctification. Sanctification also has got two meanings. One we call definitive. It happens when you are saved. You are set from the world and now separated to God. It's not repeated. That happens once. You remember 1 Corinthians chapter must be 6 from 9. It says, don't you know that unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Don't be deceived. And it mentions the qualities of people and says, some of you are like that. But you are washed. You are justified. You are sanctified. So that definitive, you are set from that homosexual life, from that wicked life, from that immoral life. Some of you are living those lives. God changed you. He washed you. He set you apart from the world to yourself, to, to himself. Like when we were younger, you people, you know, you are born when people are rich. During our time, we are not rich. So we'll have special clothes for Christmas or for visitation. You set them apart from other clothes. From the ordinary one. And we put your clothes aside. And so, when we are saved, the Lord set us apart from the world. And he set us now to himself. So that one called definitive sanctification. But then there is one which we call progressive sanctification. And that's what I want to talk about in regard to this respectful sin. In regard to this respectful sin. Yes, we are saved. We have been changed. We are not what we are supposed to be. We are still longing for the glory. But Christ is changing us. Christ is changing us. And in progressive sanctification is the work of God, the Holy Spirit, but also your work. It is your work. And you must give yourself to it. Otherwise, sin will not just go. You know, lie. You will go and say, lie, go away. Lie, it will not go. My friend, it will not go. You must fight. And that's why he was saying, mortify, therefore. Which means, kill, put to death. It's a war. Put to death. Mortify, therefore, your members which are upon the earth. And he mentioned them. Mortify them. Don't respect them. Don't say it's a small. Don't say this is a tiny sin. Mortify them. Kill them. Fight through prayer, through meditation, through singing to the Lord, through memorization of the God's word, through assembly with other brethren, through going to confess to one another. I'm struggling here, brethren. Can you please help me? And we fight against the evil, against the remaining sin. We still have, yes, we are saved, dear friends, but we still have got the remaining sin. We have got a, a battle within. And so Apostle Paul tells them, you Colossians, listen. Mortify. Kill. A friend of mine put it like this. Put it like this. In progressive sanctification, friend, it is like killing an elephant. But you don't use a bullet. You use a pen knife. And so it's a war that you don't give up. You keep on doing. Hmm. Hmm. Whether it is for pornography. Keep on killing, my friend. 
keep on killing. One day that giant will be down. And you say, hey, am I the one? But if you say, ha, this is not good, this is not too bad. I didn't go to the very act. Oh, I didn't go to the very act. Dear friends, you will be tormented, you will be do- dominated with sin, and maybe you are not even a Christian. Maybe you are not saved. Because a true believer Oh, I don't have, have to give me a watch. Okay. I'll try. Yes, I'll try. So, I was saying that we don't just surrender. The people that say this is respectable, those are people that have surrendered. They have given over to sin, to dominate them, to control them, to be their master. But here the Bible is saying, mortify therefore. It means kill therefore. The things that are earthly, they are not heavenly, they are not from above, things that are earthly. Can you see them mentioned there? In verse 5. Fornication. Of all manner, all, man, all manners of fornication, you know. The actual act, our thoughts and clean thoughts, lust, and all those things that are included in immorality, we are to modify them. Young people need to modify them. That calls sometimes for literally running away. Literally running away. In our church, some years back, I stopped young men from hugging sisters. That was part of modification. They hated me, they said this old man. But I look. They were only having sisters. They don't have brothers. Yeah? <laughs> you know, that's bias, isn't it? If it's hugging, then it should be all. But this hugging only when it's your sister here. I'll praise the Lord. Ah, 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 ah. I told them, no, 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 no. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. And you not do it. So sometimes, literally, just taking some step. You know, and say, what is wrong with hugging? And later on, see, some sisters started telling me, you know, some people will delay, will delay hug. The hug take a little bit longer. Eh? You just wanted, uh, ha, ha, you go. But it, it's holding a little bit. And sometimes, literally, dear friends, you have to take a radical steps to modify them. Why do you go to visit a young man in his own house, alone, you sisters. <laughs> you see how people respect sin? Let me tell you. Who is the man that you know the strongest man? I know one called King David. He was a man after God's own heart. He was a great man. If King David fell, are you strong? 
Mortify. Sometimes you take a radical step. Meaning literally the way the Bible says, flee from youthful lust. It means literally running away. But if you respect and joke with sin, sin is not a joke. Some years back, a young lady was selling some plots. And I don't have a plot. I wanted to buy. Then we entered contract. I was introduced by another pastor friend of mine. We entered a contract. And I was paying a little money. I say, when I get a little, a little bit big, large amount I'll be. But it was too little. So I think she became impatient with me. So he texted me and said, Pastor Maura, can we meet? Can we meet in a certain hotel? I told her, you know what? I don't meet with ladies alone. <laughs> Number one, the testimony. People may see us there. What will people say when they see us, two of us? And secondly, I'm not strong. <laughs> you go there, you don't know how people dress. Maybe you have got a problem in your home or in your marriage. And you find the person who was saying is strong, gone. And we ended there, we met with a brother. A few days later, she reported another man, a dear brother in Christ Jesus, that touched her inappropriately. That brother did not, took, did not take the step that I took. Ended badly. Dear friends, don't say that it's a respectable sin. Fornication in all manner, be it touching you, somebody just touching you there. And they are saying, Hallelujah, this one is just a brother. Hallelujah. I don't know what's wrong with us. No? I don't know what's wrong with us. You know, I went to Uganda to preach to a student in Uganda. And a young man came to me to confess sin that pastor we are we have fallen and I say hey, are we fallen yes what how can you tell me about you say I was tempted and I hold, I went and hold the hand of my, my dear sister I just touched her hand a little bit I say that in Kenya people will rejoice <laughs> we're just holding hands <laughs> Ah, just holding hands, people will rejoice. You will say hallelujah. That is not a problem. But I was saying, look, the people, their conscience has been tuned still to God, God's word. And their conscience want to. So uncleanness, mirage, they are mentioned there, sexual immorality, uncleanness. And there is covetousness. Paul will say, one of the sins that he say made him to know that he's a sinner and he has got a sin struggle is covetousness. You know, covetousness in what? Even this other one is eaten. Covetousness is something that is in us. We are people who are not contented, not satisfied with that which God has given to us. We covet. And if you are here and you say you don't covet, you are a liar. And truth is not in you. 
my friend. <laughs> we covet. And the thing is that the Lord has called us through the help of God, the Holy Spirit. And because we are now washed and saved, and the Holy Spirit aiding us to fight against covetousness, we need to be killing covetousness. You get an iPhone? Like mine, you get an iPhone. You say, oh, this is an iPhone 4. And they tell you, another one is out. The next one is out. And this one is no longer attractive at all. And people are dis- distressed, depressed. How do I get money? How do I have this? And you start to push your parents. And others go to the other extreme. Dear friends, the Bible here tells us that we need to check that spirit of covetousness. We kill it. Don't baptize it. You know, people have got ways of baptizing sin to make sin look good. Don't baptize it. Don't say, this is a desire. This is a desire. It's a desire that God has given to me. A, a desire. I have just this desire of not getting contented with that. You get you get 50 marks in classroom and your friend has gotten 70. And you are not contented if you eat and work hard and give your best. Hallelujah. The problem is if you are lazy or rioting or doing other things. But if you gave your best, and whatever you get your best, then you say, thank you, Lord, for giving me this. And help the other sister or brother to prosper and, and, and to grow. I help him work over this. Covetousness. And you know, you say it is small. It's started by, by the way, it's, it's a small leak. That caused the entire ship to sink. So don't just say, ah, it is this one little, little. This is little there. They are dangerous, dear friends. The Bible is telling us, be killing. There's that guy, a book maybe I recommend. It's normally hard to read, but it's by John Owen. Be killing sin or sin will kill you. The book is called The Modification of Flesh. Deal with killing sin and sitting down. And seeing something like covetousness. You see? Covetousness. When Paul Peter, Paul writes to Timothy, just let us go there a bit. You see them? Those marks that spring from that covetousness. Second Timothy, chapter 3. These also... This know also that in the last days perilous time shall come, for men shall be lovers of their own selves. Here is the person who loves, <laughs> who does not love himself. <laughs> There's a sense we need to love ourselves, but these are people that are living for selves. Nothing else matters. They are lovers of themselves. They are, they are self-centered. 
They are not Christ-centered. They are not God-centered. They don't love their neighbors. And covetousness take us there. We reach a point that we are now lovers of self. And then, lovers of their self. Covetous? You see them, that? Covetous? Boasters. Blasphemous. Disobedience to parents. Unthankful. How many of you people think that if you are ungrateful, that is not a big sin? It's my right to give this. My parents give me a right. A right to education. A right to. Eh? I have a right. And so you can't say to your parents, thank you. Thank you for helping me. Thank you for paying for that school fees. People are ungrateful. But we are living in a society where even Christians are ungrateful. They're not thankful. They have this God has given to them. They are not contented. They don't thank God for that which God has given to them. They are looking for the next one. Without natural affection. Truth breakers. These are people who you can't reconcile. And they may be even inherited here as I speak. Nobody don't do this. But if you look here, is there a brother or a sister that you can't talk to? Are you not entertaining this respectful scene? Are you not entertaining them by hating your sister or brother? By having a grudge? A person who cannot be reconciled. And you ask me, Pastor, is this true for these Christians? I've seen them in church. They come, young men come and tell me, Oh, I've seen sister so and so, and we are dating. I say, Hallelujah. Hmm? <laughs> Hallelujah. That's wonderful. And they date for six months, and then they, they say, We are broken. And they don't talk. They are in one church. And they don't talk. Maybe it is you. Do you talk with that brother that broke your heart? Do you talk? <laughs> and you are in the same church. Do you talk? <laughs> do you talk? Well, dear brother, do you talk? And they are in the same church. In fact, the churches need to meet and we need to deal with the subject. How to deal with one another after your relationship is broken and you are worshipping in the same church. That should be a subject that should be addressed. People who are not after peace, they are not after peace, dear friends. They are not after peace, they don't seek after peace at all, and they later on talk of lovers of money, lovers of self, lovers of money. Those are the things that we need to be killing. Dear friends, the modification of sin. God, the Holy Spirit, help us. But in this progressive sanctification, we are active. 
You don't say, Holy Spirit will pray for me. So, me, I'll just sit there and pray to God. The Holy Spirit will pray for me. You must pray. You must be reading the word of God. You must be pursuing holiness, intentionally pursuing holiness, without which no man shall see God. Dear friends, we need to be killing these things. Back to Colossians. We have been saved. We have been regenerated. We have been made alive. We are sitting with the Lord Jesus Christ. And so we have got a duty so long as we are in this world to be able to be killing sin. And they say here, covetousness is idolatry. It is like worshipping an idol. And that's a great idol that is causing many young people even to wander away. How many times do we tell them don't be yoked together with unbelievers? And there comes an unbeliever who is wealthy. And this man has got English which is polished. <laughs> and they tremble. They tremble because of covetousness. I read a book which says if you are marrying a person who is not saved, is you are marrying a potential enemy. Because if he's an enemy of God, he's automatically your enemy. <clears throat> you are going to a person who will, will not submit. At the outright, the Bible says you submit if you are a lady. How will you submit if this person tells you not to go to church? <clears throat> and why do people do such things? Covetousness. Covetousness. And taking some sins which are they see that one is not dangerous. I'll pray for him or for her. I'll bring her to the Lord. Hallelujah. You don't save and you have got no power to save. It is God who saves using his holy word. Okay, let me move again. Do you see what is coming there? Why we should not say that sin are respectable? For which things was for which thing sake the wrath of God cometh the children of disobedience. God is angry and his anger burns against these things. There's no sin that does not cause God to be angry. You remember God took his only begotten son to the cross of Calvary in order to deal with the problem of sin. How can you say that this sin is good and this sin is likable. And this sin is lovable and not deal with it. Dear friends, you are inviting the anger of God. Because the children of disobedience, God is going to judge them. Why do you walk as unbelievers walk? Do you know there's a problem, there's a difference between believers who sin and unbelievers? I've heard, for example, I've heard young men struggling with pornography. And they cry. I'm not talking about, you know, there are people who are happy. They enjoy. But true believers groan. They mourn. They mourn. They mourn and say, again, oh Lord. Again, oh Lord. What do we like to do? How will I overcome this? Such people, the Lord is so tender. A broken reed, he shall not break. My friend, he will give you grace. And he will conquer it in a way that you have never known. Any believer here struggling 
in a certain area of their lives and groaning. No, why are you groaning? Because you are saved. You are not happy. You are not enjoying. You have got new nature. You want to walk away of it. But I'm talking of those who refer to certain things as respectable and they do nothing. They gossip you and then they say you hallelujah. God bless you, sir, your dear sister, as you go. And they have gossip. The whole day they have a gossip. And they are not disturbed. I'm not talking of that gossip I will say. Why, Lord? Why was I talking about my brother bad, bad like that? Why, oh Lord? Please forgive me. That person, God, will give grace. And that person will conquer. And that person must never give up. I remember a young man struggled with the phonography. It became thin like this. Thin. He was not eating, he was not sleeping well. He was started doing bad academically. And then we met in this conference and he opened up to me and I said, let us walk. And we walk, being accountable and praying together and doing this together and doing this together and doing this together. And then and I say, hallelujah. So one day we met with the fiancé, he said, this is the pastor that the Lord used to help me conquer. Don't give up. Fight. Don't entertain sin. Don't make sin look respectable. Don't justify sin. The anger of God is upon sin. Blessed is the man who walk not in the counsel of the wicked, or sit in the seat of the scornful, or stand in the ways of sinners. True believers are fighting, and the Lord Jesus Christ is giving them grace. And they are new creation in the Lord Jesus Christ. And then, you again will say, so the wrath of God is coming upon these things. And then you'll mention them. I know this one, all of us, if you are not fighting them, maybe you are captured. But now ye also put off. See, it's like you are having some clothes which you need to get rid of. Put off all this anger. Anger. There's a good anger. There's a good anger. There's a good anger. But there's a bad, uh, bad anger. Sinful anger. We need to be putting off fighting off. Fighting anger. I'm not saying that good anger. It's sad that we no longer have good anger among people. But if you say something which is bad, I remember some years back, I was in a matatu. And this man started misbehaving. He was causing a lady trouble, touching a lady here, here, here. And I said, stop! Hmm? I was so angry. I said, stop! And he stopped. And I said, I'm sorry. <laughs> he thought that I was a policeman. I was, <laughs> he was, no, there's anger. There's some things when you see sinful thing, you must be angry with it. But there's that sinful anger where maybe somebody you have heard gossip you. We need to be putting it off. Don't say my anger, hallelujah. This is in our community. <laughs> hallelujah, this is not my community. You will do nothing about it. Fight it. Some people want to go for deliverance so that you, you vomit. And anger. You will not go. I tell you, even if you vomit, even if you vomit, the anger will not go. You must fight. 
you must put off. You must be deliberate in your prayers, in all that you do. You know, some people just want pastor to put a, a hand on them and anger disappear. It will not disappear. I tell you, not disappear. Even if you bring the mightiest of the mightiest, you will not go. You must be putting it off. That's what the Bible says. That I told you this. Put off anger. And there another one favorable of you young people. Filthy communication. Put off. But the favorite is that. Verse 9. Lie not one to another. You see? Lying. How many people just lie without even reason? Do you know there are people who lie without reason? Unampigia tu simu unamuliza uko wapi anasema ni kwa pika. Now he is here. Do you know the people who are not inherited the kingdom of God? The Bible says liars. Liars. Those who are living a lifestyle of lying and they are habitually liars. They are not inherited the kingdom of God. Those young men, men who go to lady and say, the Lord is leading me to you. <laughs> and tomorrow he goes to this one, the Lord is leading me to you. <laughs> and the next day he goes, the Lord is leading me to you. Their place is lake of fire. <laughs> Their place is lake of fire. They are not saved. Of a, brand, a friend of mine who also was a group that lied without no reason. But by God's grace, he decided, I want to fight lies. And so he will talk with you, and then he stop and tell you, Pastor, he will tell you, Pastor, I want to tell you something. The only three things which I've told which is true. <laughs> but this one I lied there, this one I lied there. And he fought it until he conquered. What's wrong? What's wrong by fighting? Fight lies. Fight lies. And how do you fight them? Then you can see from verse 12, there are things which we need to put on. Things that are above that we should put on. Therefore, as elect of God, holy, beloved, beloved, bile of mercies, kindness, humbleness of mind, Meekness, long-suffering, forbearing with another, forgiving one another. If any man have quarrel against any, even as Christ has forgiven you, forgive. So we pursue these virtues, you know. By turning away from sin, then there is not vacuum. We pursue this righteousness, this part that God has given to us to be able to pursue. Dear friend, sin is ugly. And sin of a believer is worse than sin of those who are not saved. Because we sin against close relationship. Others may sin against common grace. But you, you have got special grace. God has opened your eyes. 
and you have seen the darkness. And then you yield to see, dear friends, that is not going to help us at all. The Bible is telling us here, we need to pursue righteousness. And we pray God to help us, not to offer any part of our bodies as an instrument of unrighteousness. But every aspect of our lives, we need to offer them to God. We need to offer them to God. I have not mentioned maybe where you struggle. But my friend, you need to. One of the things which I have cried to God always is this. I tend to be, to trust people. I trust people quickly. Me, I'm those people who believe, trust people until they prove otherwise. So when I have got somebody, I trust them so much. When they disappoint me, or something bad happened, restoring relationship become very difficult. And something I tell God, no. How many times have I disappointed you? How many times have I failed you, Lord? And yet you have never given up on me. And he prayed, Savior, help me deal with this. The problem with the church today and you young people is that people are not honest. People are not honest. And even us, we have, we have made people not to be honest. When we, are, we speak so big and Every Christian is a victorious Christian. You never find a Christian who feels defeated. Mm-hmm. Eh? Maybe in here, Nairet, maybe. You hear somebody say, oh, dear friends, at this particular time, I'm just struggling with this. You don't hear that. Every person here is victorious. Praise be to God. I was, mm, that's God. I was, and it has made us to be hypocrites. Having some fights. And not... Repenting or turning away. You know, as a pastor, this is what I do with my children. Sometimes I wrong them. I wrong them. And even then I go to church and I tell the church. The church knows that it's not only them that are struggling, but even our pastors do struggle. There's a time I think I have to apologize to my daughter. And when I told them I had to apologize, I'll end the Nasbui, we could not find the bag. And so I came with my bag here. Where is my bag? And I said, you left in school. And I said, I came with a bag. You left in the school. You came with a bag. And then the bag here, yes, they got the bag in the house. And you still see, you are going to preach to people. Your children will say, oh, father, don't believe. Don't practice what he preach. You have to tell them, I'm sorry. Daddy still have got the remaining sin within and I was so quick to judge. At that particular time, I could have been patient. Please forgive me. Dear friends, sometimes Christians go through this struggle. If you are going, don't die alone. You may think that you are alone. You are not alone, my sister. My brother, you are not alone. Only if you can get some people you can share with. And that burden will come very light. The problem with you also is that if somebody come and share with you, tomorrow is a testimony. <laughs> and so we are stopping people who are really need, need, need help to be helped 
You know, it's sin. That's also an, an, a respectable sin. It's a sin to leak a message which somebody told you don't say share with anybody. You know, you see that respectable sin. If I say I'm sharing with you only this, it's not a gossip. Gossip. And you go and share, you are sinning. Something that somebody tells, tells in confidence must remain in confidence. If you want to break it, call that person. Say, my sister, come here. Or ask, can I share with so and so? And that's so killing us. So you young people, please, don't die alone. Don't die alone. You have got brothers and sisters here. Share with them. Tell, pray. I remember our days. You know, I got saved when I was a young man also. Our days, sometimes, you are tempted with sexual lust. And you say this sexual lust is a lust that is so strong. Where is this thing coming from? And you go to a brother. And you say, brother, I'm struggling. And the brother tells you, oh, you're struggling. You go for Kesha. You know, we to go to those Kesha. The following day, God, you have conquered. Rather than dying alone, chasing things and dying alone. Please share with one another. Confess one to another. If you are ladies, maybe you have got elderly ladies you can share with. And the Lord of grace will help you. Let me end there. So, respectable sin, which one do you have? You know yours. You know. You know. Today, by grace of God, tell the Lord, please help me. Give me grace to conquer this. Sindio? When you're in the fashion, you want to be so fashionable that you don't care even how people look at you. You know, I found even the ladies that dress badly, not that they want to seen or they want to cause people to stumble, they just want to be fashionable. And so they go the other extreme. Dear friends, I call upon you by the mercies of God. Let us be killing sin. Okay? Some take time. Some. Some take time. But let us be killing. Let us be fighting. And the Lord will help us. Let us not magnify a sin and justify a sin. <laughs> I remember what they normally ask me. Hypothesis questions. If somebody is want to be killed and they come into your house, what will you do? Will you lie in order to save life? It does not happen. When it happens, the Lord knows how he will rescue the situation. So those hypothesis questions to justify that there are some lies which are, they don't call them lies, they call them wisdom, you are wise. <laughs> say, Abraham, when he says Sarah was not my wife, say, Abraham was wise. He was wise. Okay. No, it, he was not wise. He sinned against God. Shall we pray? I think I have passed my time. It's some few minutes. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we have really talked about these things, but we know we are not able to conquer them ourselves at all. And that's why, Lord, when you are going, 
you promise not to leave, leave us like orphans. You promise God the Holy Spirit to come. We thank you that the Holy Spirit dwells in us. He uses your word to apply your truth in our hearts. Lord, we pray that each and every one of us here will not quench the Spirit. We'll be conscious of the Spirit. He may help us when we are just about to go to sin. He may help us to see things as we ought to see them. He may help us to know how to glorify Savior. Lord, help us not to justify any sin at all. Lord, even the one that are causing us to stumble, the one that we groan like Apostle Paul, when I want to do good, I find myself doing that which I don't want to do. Who will save me from this body of sin? Lord, we can look up and say, we thank God through Christ Jesus, my Lord, who giveth me victory. Lord, you will give us victory, Lord. May we never, Lord, respect any sin in our lives. Help us to be brutal by your grace and by the help of the Holy Spirit in uprooting the remaining sin. Lord, we know it's a war that we fight until we come to glory. It's not a war that we will just finish one day, but it's a war that is constant and growing, Lord. Remember when we were young, Lord, there were things which we do not see, we do not know. And even as we grow older, even we come to know other things that we did not know earlier. Please help us. Help us, O Savior, to grow and help the Nairet team, Lord. You have helped these brethren over the years to be faithful. You have helped them, O Lord, to be a light in this university and to Nairobi people. You've used them, O Lord, for the gospel to spread. We pray that you'll continue to help them. Make them one, Lord. Unite them, O Savior. Fill them with your spirit each and every day. Fill them afresh, O Savior. And may your name be glorified. In Christ Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.